Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Scoutcast. My name is Joe. My name is Ted. And my name is Chris. Welcome everyone. Welcome back Ted and welcome back Chris. I think you've been on the Scoutcast many years ago. Um, maybe. Maybe. I think maybe. you were back in the days when I think it's my first time actually. I've been on, on casts but not the Scoutcast. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm quite nervous. And to introduce you both. So Ted is obviously Ted Talks FPL. Wonderful graphics and we have those coming up soon. And uh, Chris, um, he runs fantasy football scout so there you go uh, we've, we've got, got the big guns in today um so um ted what is coming up in the show well i'm very glad you asked joe there is a double game week announcement which was given to us today it caught us all by surprise but we'll look into detail of that and see uh, how that impacts our strategy for the run-in uh, we're also going to look ahead to game week 30 and the best one week punts available for wild carders and those just looking to mix it up a bit then I'll reveal some of my graphs. I've done a couple recently, uh, focusing on those teams that love a big chance and the teams that like to concede as well, so attack and defence. And then we'll recap on the, la- on the next four weeks fixtures, pick a differential and reveal our transfer and captaincy plans for the week ahead. But first up, it's, it's our game week 29 scores. Okay. And Joe, do you want to kick us off? Yes. Yeah, so, um, well, I say, I'd say I'm you know, top here. But, you know, we all did pretty similarly. <laughs> it's one of those weeks, really. So if we can cast our mind back, so it was a blank game week. Some people got Trossard in and captain him, uh, or Lingard, and uh, some people didn't. Um, so here's me. I got 54 points. Um, didn't use any um, hits. Uh, ended up with eight players. And just for the benefit of those listening to the podcast, I had uh, Dallas, Concer, Soufal, Dunk, Lingard, Rafina, Son, who didn't play, Kane and Bamford, basically. They're my lot. Um, so, yeah, Kane captaincy, nice and boring. Got Lingard in, lovely return. Rafina returned, Bamford returned, Dunk returned, got Dunk in as well. Um, but, yeah, a bit mere, really. Um, the average, though, is 25. So I'm quite happy with that. I had a green arrow. Um, i almost on the cusp of the top, 300k. So onwards and upwards. Um, now, let's, Chris, you're next up. 50 points Hello. yes yes um so just tell us a bit about your game week um i'll i'll i'll, I'll just have a look here you've got martinez dallas soufal target uh lingard rafina bamford watkins kane kane captain um yeah no hits either so yeah how do you, no how do you feel no, that way i spent weeks kind of building towards it like a lot of people had and um and I was quite happy, you know, obviously the start at the end of that, the previous week, and then obviously injury injury strike took Son out, there was rumours Bamford was out. So I spent a, a bit of time thinking about where I should take hits. I was watching all this Brighton uh, Brighton shenanigans going on, and I just, I couldn't get excited about buying Brighton defenders. I don't, no mm-hmm. offence, no offence well. to Brighton fans, but I just thought, I don't want them in my side really and I, I surely Newcastle in a six pointer can't be this bad surely this game they're going to raise themselves but obviously no I was no. Uh, many of you many that picked um, Veltman and, uh, and and Duncan and elsewhere and Trossard of course I know as uh, captain yes he did if you others did that's great but yeah so my, my big move was, was Lingard um, I had initially the captaincy on him uh, the arm on him initially but for two reasons, I changed it. One, because the Kane 
expected ownership was so yeah. high. I was yeah. just like, if I if I don't go with Kane and, and he bangs, it's going to be bad. And secondly, it's, it's Lingard. Like already, I was feeling what has gone on with the world. Yeah. I brought in yeah. Jesse Lingard, and secondly, I can't captain him. This is man, man, madness. But clearly, I should have stuck with that because I would have been a, a bit better off if I had. But um, but yeah, I I, I wasn't. I took, didn't take a hit. I would have been better off if I'd taken a hit for the right Brighton player, obviously. But I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think I'd going back if I had that choice. Sort of, uh, I'd change again. It's a shame Son couldn't play, obviously. I think yeah, you know, but, but um, yeah, very, very similar yeah. thinking to my my team. And you know, I, I mean, I did, I ended up getting Duncan at the last minute, sort of thing. I thought, well, I've got how, I, I could, I just. I just felt there would be a clean sheet there, but I couldn't quite go the Trossard route. <laughs> that was just a bridge too far for me. I was. I'd also, I couldn't go full Trossard. No, I couldn't that go full is... Trossard on it. Um, I couldn't, uh, but 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 as a Brighton fan, I just didn't mind. <laughs> it was great. Um, no. So um, so that was fine. Um, Ted, let's move on to your team now. Okay, brace yourselves, everyone. This is a good one. <laughs> okay, he's got 61 points. That sounds amazing. Until you see, he took 16 points worth of hits. Um, now, I haven't seen this for ages. I remember, oh, uh, the famed Villa Ronca, who's always at the top of our Hall of Fame, took a 12-point hit once, which worked out. But you've taken a 16-point one. It's actually worked out okay for you. Um, so just for the benefit of those listening to the podcast, you've got Ariola. Uh, White and Veltman in a fabulous Brighton double-up. Comsa, mm. Reguillon, Lingard, uh, Bale and Rafina, Antonio and Madger and uh, Kane, who was your captain. So, key question. Why, I mean, who? Yeah, uh, 16 <laughs> points. How, why, what, when? All the Ws. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a really interesting one. I, I did have uh, really sort of lots of hits in the mind before doing it but I had I had a few drinks on that Friday night and I sort of just, <laughs> that's not the main reason for doing it let's just caveat that immediately um but it just sort of tipped me over to the edge to say right I'm just going to do this because I do subscribe to the fact that a hit in a in a double so in a, in a blank game week is a is a minus two when you account when you account for the um the two appearance points um there are more reasons than that I think I think loading up on the Brighton defense is quite good for the fact that you're covering not just game week 29, but game week 33 as well, where there's another blank game week. And they play Sheffield United, which they're really a good chance of a double, double clean sheet. So those guys can just be on the bench for the meantime. Uh, they've got a tricky one of fixtures in the next three. Happy to bench them for the meantime and get Fernandez Shaw and De Bruyne back off from the bench. But yeah, so that the hits I, t- <laughs> the hits I took, it sounds crazy at minus 16, um, were... Lingard, Bale, Madger, Regulon, and uh, Veltman came in for um, Cancelo, Gundogan, Son, uh, Diagne, and God, I mean, there's so many I've gotten who I've turned in and out. Um, but yeah, it, it actually gave me a, a, a positive. It gave me a, a net increase in score. If, mm. if I hadn't done the moves, I would have been worse off. So I'm quite happy. Obviously, the two main players that paid off were Veltman and Lingard. Yeah. Those are the two great ones. And Regulant was really frustrating because he was four minutes away. Four minutes, Joe, from right. clean sheet points. Very, very frustrating. And Bale was annoying as well. He got completely left out. So Regulant, Bale and Madger, pretty annoying. Uh, and then they were bad moves on the whole. But the hit worked out. And I, it's an interesting thing. I'm going to come to this. Okay. I'm quite a... I would describe myself as a quite a conservative player most of the time so for example in the first 20 game weeks of the season i've taken i took about four points hits and in the last 10 game weeks i've taken 10 i've taken 10 hits in the last 10 and that is just an experiment as to try and go for it a bit more during the chip strategy set, uh, part of the season and i just found it quite interesting that in the first 20 game weeks, I went from a bad rank in game week one all the way down to 100k or something like that in game week 20. And since then, I've tried to be really, really aggressive, trying to bring in, you know, I tripled up on Everton before their couple really good fixtures didn't work out. Captain Diagne ahead of Crystal Palace, who had conceded the most headed attempts, didn't work out. If you make aggressive moves in FPL like I've done over the last 10 weeks, it can really work out for you or it can kind of not and just really sort of 
suck the soul out of your season, which it kind of has done a little bit for me because my rank has been so static over the last 10 game weeks. So either, like you, Joe, you're really, really patient and just grind away at the at the season and you just grind away at that rank or you can be really aggressive and go for it and you might succeed mm. but probably it's going to even out over the over the uh well, yeah, I mean, there's a, a lot of love in the live chat going on at the moment um, about this. Matthew Kent said, um, uh, at least Ted attacked the game week. Well done. Um, so, um, yeah, I think a lot of people um, will, will respect that. Um, but also, the other thing I like about this is because you've inadvertently planned quite well for an impending double game week. Um, and also for an impending blank because you've stocked up a bit on Brighton. But let's move on to that. Um, so we had an announcement today for Spurs, and, and it's very, very important. So I've got some stats up on the screen as we chat, uh, which is the last four matches, um, which shows uh, I've sorted it by big chances from the uh, Fantasy Football Scout members area there. So literally the second I was about to send uh, Chris and, um, and Ted the notes for tonight's show, uh, the Premier League announced double game week. <laughs> So, which is brilliant. So, I have to. So, there was a section. I've removed that, and that's going to be discussed next week. There we go. And so, in comes game week thirty-two news. Palace blank. That's the big news now. That's not really. That is part of it, but that's not the main news. Uh, Spurs play Everton and Southampton. A double game week. Whoop de doo. Um, so, Spurs assets look absolutely key in that game week. Kane looks absolutely key, especially if you've still got your triple captaincy chip left. And also, it's a hugely favourable fixture for a whole bunch of teams. So get this, Arsenal play Fulham, Liverpool play Leeds, Manchester United play Burnley, West Ham against Newcastle, Wolves against Sheffield United, and Leicester play West Brom. It's a fantastic um, set of fixtures, and a Spurs double really crowns it off, really. So the question to both of you, and we'll come to, come to Chris first on this one, what is the plan to deal with it? And it may be to do with whether you've got a wild card left, a free hit, bench boost, triple captain. Chris, how are you? How are you attacking the Spurs? I do double? have a wild card left. I do, so one thing I have got left. I have I have fritted away every other chip uh, given to me uh, with some absolute terrible decisions. I think I got like four points for my triple captain and five points for my bench boost. So I have I have really let myself down with that. But I do I have held on to it a wild card. So I am I'm current plans to wild card in uh, 31 mm-hmm. um but i'm i'm sort of I, i'm flexible on that I, i'm not entire i'm not you know i'm not just i don't have to i could probably have a decent team out in 31 and kind of hold a 32 to see what it's to sort of lean in more into this i think yeah obviously obviously spurs it's important to have three i've, I've already got son and kane hopefully son will be back fit sooner or later um and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll look around the rest of the line. The, my problem with Spurs is, is, is who else do you go for? I, I, I've kind of, I toyed with both uh, Regulon and, and Bale. I don't know if that Regulon's the right pronunciation. Sorry. Oh, that's uh, the, both, the, the popular pasta dish, Regulon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like, I like my Regulons. Uh, <laughs> temperature, but no, he was. I, I just the problem that. Whenever I looked at it before, then I kind of looked at his record and thought, hang on, he's not guaranteed to even play and he might get hoiked off and, and, and Spurs' defence is a bit crap. So I can never get very excited about him. Bale obviously looked great and then looked not so great. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. But he's most likely. But yeah, I think I'll come in with, with three Spurs. But I'm for that. That said, I mean, you know, the Southampton, um, that should be a good fixture for them. Everton, you just never know. We, we, we had an incredible game. I'm an Everton fan, so I... We beat Spurs at the start of the season. We had an incredible game in the FA Cup, which was ended up five uh, five four, I think, and and that was just mental. So that would be great for for everyone. But I you know I, I don't think either of those are necessarily work at walkovers either because Southampton are going to have to buck up a bit. I'm quite excited about West Ham against Newcastle. Mm. In that I've kind of keep thinking Newcastle can't get any worse. They they don't seem to be able to. They do get worse, and and I, I think. West Ham look, look very, very tasty at the moment. There's a lot of good options there. I've already got um, Lingard and, and Soufal, but in, you know, having uh, Antonio or Suchek in for, for that will be will be essential, I think. And then beyond that, I'm also kind of toying with a bit of Leicester. Um, I've not, apart from Justin, I've hadn't had much Leicester this season. But Ian show, my goodness, he looks like a, a, a chap in form, doesn't he? So, so yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think probably what I'll, I think I'll make the decision on on 32. 
at the start of just coming into, into the end of 31 would i decide to or middle of 31 would i decide to wild card or not but so you could yeah, wild card and so because this is a lot, a lot of uh, uh viewers and listeners may just have the wild card left and they'll be looking at this and thinking well i was going to wild card in game week 31 there's a big fixture swing and lots of the players and teams you just yeah. mentioned but if you haven't got another chip a triple captaincy a free hit bench boost you could wildcard in 32. You could just wildcard straight into this. Yeah, that's like. what I'm thinking at the moment. I'm not, that's a definitely an option. Mm. I mean, it's some good thing. I mean, you mentioned Liverpool Leeds as a favourable fixture. I don't even know who that's favourable for at the moment, to be honest. Well, attackers. <laughs> not defenders. I see lots of goals in that, you know, in my yeah. crystal ball. I, I see lots of goals. Not just because of their last game, just because they're both quite attacking teams. Um, and Liverpool are an elite team. They, I can't believe they're going to be rubbish for the rest of the season. Maybe they will, but anyway, Leeds are attacking. They don't. They they don't have a um, a break. <laughs> they just go for it, um, which is quite good. So now, Ted, you're in a different position. You have no chips left. So how are you okay. going to tackle the Spurs double game week? Yeah, I've spent all my chips, and I think I did them in pretty normal positions. Uh, game week 18 and 19 was the free hit and triple captain and game week 25 was a wild card 26 bench boost so fairly fairly traditional sort of stuff but I'm pretty envious of you guys having your wild cards um, that would be quite useful in the upcoming fixtures so I sort of lucked out a little bit because I sort of went for the game week 29 and tripled Spurs and now that's looking quite yeah. quite favourable um, but it is a lucky move I didn't plan it one, one bit and uh I would be lying if I didn't say otherwise. The the issue I have is Gareth Bale. What to do with Gareth Bale? I, because the comments that have um, come out in, in the news about, well, firstly, he was saying uh, he's not going to uh, continue at Spurs. Uh, he's going to go back to Real Madrid at the end of the season. So there's clearly not longevity there. And Mourinho doesn't seem to have, uh, he seems to have a bit of a problem with him in terms of attitude. He's taking him off early. And Bale's come out and said, I want to play as many minutes as possible, but you have to talk to Mourinho about it. So I would really like to keep Bale, and I probably will keep him for Newcastle because I think he can haul there. And if he doesn't, then I'm just going to have to suffer that and have Madger off the bench. And if he doesn't play for some reason, then there's clearly an inherent problem and I'm going to have to get rid for Son, someone like that. So I'm quite happy having triple spurs, but the the other games, as you say, Joe, are really attractive as well. Mm. Arsenal-Fulham. I, it's really interesting that Arsenal are such a. They're such a. <laughs> You're about to swear there. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm trying to find a really clever word to describe Arsenal, but clearly not intelligent enough to come up with one. But yeah, uh, they're like a crazy team that have so much possession uh, and are really imposing themselves on games, but not really getting the results. And it's a crazy game against Spurs, a crazy game against West Ham, and. Um, yeah, Arsenal Fulham. Like I'm not going to say that Arsenal are going to go come away with that. Fulham are in decent form, but I really like Tierney from Arsenal. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's he loves to cross that ball in, and he's been getting one of the best attacking stats of the defenders uh, per ninety over the season. He really could get some some minutes, and Arsenal have great fixtures until the end of the season. Um, from what you were saying, Chris, with West Ham, uh, West Ham, Newcastle. There's clearly problems in the dressing room at Newcastle, isn't there? There's you know, a section the dressing room who want maybe a bit of change because clearly they're not getting the results that they want at the moment and um yeah most of us maybe have Lingard or, or Antonio and decent decent players for that for that fixture for, for sure um the interesting one as, as you said is Leicester and Ian Acho is on, is on mm. good form but I think Sheffield United did sort of flatter Leicester a little bit they're really really poor at the moment and without Madison and Harvey Barnes I don't know when they're going to come back actually on paper, they don't seem as good a team, but clearly winning 5 0 at Sheffield United has got to raise some heads. And Vardy was great, Inacho was great. They're like top, they've it was such a good match for them in terms of the stats. Inacho and Vardy have just come from the bottom, bottom rung and just flung themselves onto the top shelf. And you know, clearly people have to consider them because of that performance. But I'm just going to wait and see where, okay. what that Leicester team looks like before um, jumping on the bandwagon. Okay, so um, just before, just before I explain what, what I'm going to do, and I, I think I'm fairly certain what I'm going to do, but not sure. Just the stats we've got up on the screen uh, there. So for big chances, uh, Kane is clearly the man to have. Created four big chances. 
Uh, normal chances created for. Had shot eight shots inside the box, six on target. This is good prime cane stuff. Uh, Bale is next with three big chances, created five um, uh, chances there. Uh, shots inside the box, five, four on target. But can he do all that if he's not on the pitch? No, <laughs> obviously not. So it's whether he plays or not is the big issue. Carlos Vinicius came in, uh, but that was largely due to Spur, uh, Son's absence. Uh, a couple of big chances. Um, but Son there is interesting. Only one big chance, but, and I know, um, Ted, a bit later, you're going to talk about big chances and small chances, um, but he's created 10 chances there. Um, three shots inside the box, two on target. Interestingly, the Newcastle game could be a good matchup for him if he is playing on the left, because Newcastle, from my memory of the captaincy video and podcast we did earlier today, is on their right-hand side. They are the worst, I believe. I oh, know they and West Brom are the worst teams on their right-hand side. So whoever is attacking them from the left will um, prosper. So that could be Son, um, maybe. <laughs> so lots of ifs is and buts. Is he definitely there. back from injury now, Son? Uh, well, you would imagine. You would imagine so. Um, even when he wasn't back from injury, he became back from injury last time. So um, <laughs> we can just hope. It, it looks like this was potentially internationalitis um if he if he had been fit he would be off um traveling the world with the rest of the south korean team at the moment so um i would imagine he's back but we'll know in newcastle as well ahead of the double um but what i'm going to do is i've got two options do absolutely nothing because i've got kane and son but i'm not going to do that um uh, i'm going to probably i'm gonna, still going to wild card in 31 i've just read out all of those fixtures I want to be tapping into them. I want to be looking at Vardy, Iheanacho, Arsenal players. Uh, Wolves as well are interesting. West Ham. Uh, I have a bit of West Ham at the moment, but, you know, do I have the right one? Um, there's lots of changes I'd quite like to make. And I also have a bench boost. And those listening to the podcast or watching recent weeks will know I absolutely hate the bench boost because it messes with your mind. It's like a poltergeist in your head and it, and, it, and it alters all of your decisions. And so I always think with the bench boost, the best thing to do is use it in conjunction with a wild card and then forget about it. So I am going to wild card in 31 and 32. I'm going to hopefully have a great bunch of players. Plus I'm going to have the triple spurs. So I can go into that and attack that because there's going to be a lot of triple captainers out there for Kane as well. Then the bench boost is gone. I can make all these decisions about not the sub and, oh, I need a playings. I don't have to worry about that afterwards. So it'll be like a, a weight off my mind. Um, what I have been thinking about is Kane and Son I've already got. And the third Spurs player will probably be Larice, And Larice is a really handy little player because you can only play one goalkeeper. You can match him up with another goalkeeper who has a favourable fixture. So, for example, if you've got low on funds, Brighton's keeper, Sanchez, great backup keeper, plays in 30 to, uh, 33 when Spurs blank. Um, you can do that as well, or you can um, you can mix it up a bit and maybe have Leno. Maybe you can have Martinez as well. Um, yeah, quite interesting, I think. Um, I think there's plenty of um, options there. So I don't know what either of you think about that I mean, have you considered the third option? I know you got Reggie on there, Ted, but Chris or Teddy, a third Spurs option. I just want to caveat that maybe those that are put off by Son from that table, rest assured that six of those ten chances created were big chances created. So he's sort of turned provider almost uh, to either Bale or, or Kane, um, and just as worthy as big chances total so he's he's clearly turned the creator and and Kane's taken over the mantle as goal scorer so yeah he's he's still in the mix son for sure um yeah what about you guys Regulon like you said I just I said before I just I just don't see him uh I'm just not convinced he plays that's the, the way I don't know I don't know how, how don't know what goes on in Mourinho's thinking around that back uh back line but um I, I don't know he's got some makes small decisions I mean, what's happened to Darty? he was like he was a fantasy favourite. This has gone mm. nowhere. Uh, 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 so yeah, I don't know. I'd probably go Bale as my third, my third Spurs. Um, You'd go Kane, Son, and Bale. Yeah, really interesting. I just, um, well, who else? I just, I mean, the Lori, the Larice is a good shout. I hadn't really thought about that. Um, I'm, I'm kind of on that. Talking of keepers, I know this is not the, the subject, but Mar- Martinez is now. It's, it's starting to feel like with the Martinez turning point now, right? Where 
where suddenly you know obviously Grealish might send me back and it might all turn around but it's it's suddenly he's kind of the uh, everyone's uh, everyone's favourite and and suddenly it's starting to it looks like he can drop away a little bit. So there is a there is a good rotation with Leno apparently yeah. with um so I think I think Leno has most of the good fixtures but you're right Martinez um doesn't on the whole seem to have a good run of fixtures so if you if you pair him with a goalkeeper if you want to spend nine ten million on a goalkeeper <laughs> duo then uh, pair him with Leno and it could be a, a match made in heaven but. Um, yeah, it's uh Yes, indeed. Well, we'll talk about that when we look at the next four fixtures. So that's coming up a bit later in the show. Um, we'll look at the next four fixtures and you can see there um, this change in the fixtures for Villa. It's quite it's quite stark there. Um, just before we move on, looking at uh, a lot of people wanted to know about game week 30 punts because people are maybe wildcarding 31 looking for a one week punt. But nevertheless, they might just be looking for a player that you can get in um, to steal a march on the on the uh, the rankings there. But um, I hastily put together a wildcard team. Now, I'm, I'm not going to put a picture up here because as soon as I put a picture up of it, um, I'm I'm sort of held to it. And then people will say in a week or two's time, yes, but you said you were getting um, Chowdhury in. Um, but you didn't in the end, so I'm just going to say this is very early draft. So, so I'm just going to I'm just going to it's benefit the podcast listeners as well. So just reel it off. I'm going to probably go for if I can afford it, Leno and Larice in goal with a with a view to moving one on at some point. Um, but I can bench boost them. Um, I'm, good, I'm I'm looking at Shaw, Aspilicueta, and Rudiger because Chelsea's uh, defence and is so good yep. and their fixtures, Cody. And possibly Stones as my only City asset, but I'm probably not going to have any City. And then I'm looking at something like Neto, Lingard, Jota, Son and Fernandez. No Salah. And without Salah, it frees you up. I was talking about the bench boost being a weight on your mind. Salah, an even bigger weight on my mind. Once he's removed, it frees you up. Um, and so up front, I could have Iheanacho, Vardy and Kane. And I can go do that at the moment, only just. Um, and if I needed to free up some money, I might move something like uh, stones to someone else who is viable and maybe 0.2 less. So I'm just reading that out. It's just an example of the kind of wild card you can look at in 31. Whilst, Do it, Joe. Do whilst it. I could, oh, I'm, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm there. So next week, next week's Scoutcast. So I'm plugging next week's Scoutcast here. Um, uh, we, we, those of us wildcarding will reveal... You know, I'll, I'll, and uh, we can have have a good chat about those types of players. Cause I'm sure they'll change. Um, but I do think I do like that because it means I can attack that double game week of Spurs and still attack the rest of the season. Hopefully, anyway, that's the plan and a big plug for next week. Um, game week thirty. Now, a lot of people have been asking questions. I've got a picture of Alonso just put up here. The ultimate in one week punts <laughs> he is the the poster boy of one week punts if it was possible to have a post in your room for that um so game weeks 31 and 32 very likely as we discussed to see a flurry of wild cards being deployed due to swing in the fixtures wolves chelsea and liverpool all see a massive upturn in their fortunes and spurs have that double as well and well leeds and villa we've got a lot of leeds and villa haven't we well hmm, think again um their their fortunes take a dramatic turn for the worst before picking up again a bit later in Leeds case um, so many are thinking of short-term punt for game week 30 um, but could the options they choose also be profitable for non-wildcarders so someone you can have for a few weeks um, so we had some community questions on this um, Vishnav asks I don't have a wildcard but I'm thinking of punting on Alonso um, should I go for the flying wing back or play safe uh, for someone like Aspilicueta or Rudiger uh, pep talk for those wild carding uh, soon is it still worth a hit in game week 30 to tap in some favourable matches for example Leeds versus Sheffield United and Chelsea versus West Brom and Debeck um, just a simple who are the best one week punts for those wild carding so I've got some stats here before I ask um, uh, Ted and Chris um, for their views on this so I've got some let's have a look here uh, looking at the fixtures here. So this explains a bit more of the fixtures. It's it's a really, really, really good week. Those are teams here. So you've got Chelsea against West Brom, Leeds against Sheffield United. Um, you have Southampton against Burnley is not a bad fixture. Spurs playing Newcastle, fantastic. Um, and then Everton against Palace. Now in the captaincy video and podcast we did this morning, um, it's a there's a great matchup there. Calvert-Lewin's head 
and Crystal Palace's fear of Calvert-Lewin. <laughs> Basically, Calvert-Lewin has scored the most headed goals and Crystal Palace have conceded the most headed chances. Um, so, yeah, it's a lovely little matchup there. Um, so um, look at what I've got here is I've got the worst defences up on the screen. So this is the last four matches and Sheffield United are the worst. Big chances conceded, 19. Then Burnley, 12 big chances conceded. So that says to me, if you're looking for a one-week punt, a Leeds player, if you do not already have one, if you do not have a good one like Rafina or Bamford, get them. Um, for Burnley, possibly if you wanted to take a one-week punt on a Southampton player, that could be a good option as well. Um, but Chelsea against West Brom. Um, West Brom have conceded eight big chances and I think Chelsea are full of lots and lots of interesting uh, prospects there, not least of which is Alonso. So I've got some more um, stats here, if I put up here. Uh, so we've got the picture of Alonso and I've done expected goal involvement from the Fantasy Football Scout members area. Last four matches, all last four matches here. Um, expected goal involvement. And I've basically sorted it by Leeds, Chelsea, and I've thrown in a little bit of Southampton if you fancy Shea Adams as a one-week punt. Um, so expected goal involvement. Rafina and Bamford are the guys to get. If you don't have them, get them. They are the ones to get because their fixtures turn. This is a great one-week punt for them. Sheffield United are in a, a different league of awfulness. Um, then, if you, then, it's mainly, then with the Chelsea players, Werner, if he's playing, Havertz, if he's the number nine, good options. Alonso, expected goal involved, expected to have been involved in a goal. Created eight chances, had six shots inside the box. He's a defender, mind you, who in a team that gets lots of clean sheets. So you're looking at the potential of a double-digit haul here. And this is why a number of people are considering Alonso. Um, and also Adams there, created three big chances. Expected goal involved, expected to be involved in one, one and a bit goals. Um, so... Lots of options here. Um, let's go to you first, Ted. I've, I've had enough of talking yeah. about this. Let's, Ted, what do you think? <laughs> Game week 30 punts, whether it's one week or a player to keep for a few weeks. Who's your top tips? The the players I'd say I'd fear the most are, are definitely Bamford and Calvert-Lewin because I don't own them and they're kind of highly owned. Mm. But as you say, Crystal Palace conceded a lot of headed attempts and if that had helped me when I captained Dianya because that was the that was the um evidence that I was going by so hopefully Calvert-Lewin can do it for, for his owners but I really do fear those two I think Bamford could probably Bamford's probably a captain shout even this week against terrible terrible Sheffield United so um yeah I think Leeds players are really really good I would probably captain Rafinha if if I had the the guts to do it if Kane's going to be so heavily captained um you know, uh, across the board. So I, I'd be kind of mad not to captain Kane, but I think Rafinha is a really good captaincy shout. Uh, I really like, you know, the Southampton Burnley game. I think there's going to be a lot of differentials there. And I like your shout about Shea Adams. Southampton have been really good at converting big chances. We'll come to that later. But I think another really, really left field punt in that game is, uh, and you'll, you might, you might sort of ridicule me for saying it, Joe, but uh, Mateus Vidra for Burnley. He's, um, he started the last five and he's had some really decent stats. Five big chances, two big chances created, uh, 12 shots in total and eight chances created in total, two attacking returns. He's 4.8 and he's 0.9% owned. And as you, as you previously stated in your defensive table, Southampton have conceded 10 big chances uh, in the last, uh, what was this, four, last four, last four, which is, which is only two behind Burnley. So they're really, really poor for, for defence. So it could be quite a lot of goals in that mm. game. And Vidra, who nobody owns, could be a great one-week punt. But it may be a bit too much. So we will see. But he's, he's my left field shout for this week, I'd say. OK, now I like that. And, and um, now in my goals imminent table, which I frequently put up, there's always a name in there where I think, oh, you know, people will just laugh at me. But anyway, Chris Wood's name keeps cropping up there. So I've said it there. So Chris Wood could be could be an option. Um, um, momentarily, Andy will love you for, for that. Yeah, so Chris Wood could be an option there. But Vidra there. Yeah, I think Burnley, Burnley have gone from being a defensive team to an attacking team. Um, just want to point out, um, while people may be looking at the graphics and realising Ted is sort of um, merged in a bit, it's because Chris has ducked out 
possibly for internet reasons uh, for the moment. So hopefully it'll pop back in. But in the meantime, um, Ted is in sort of two parts at the moment. So just bear with us for that. Um, and then Chris, <laughs> there we go. I quite like it. Uh, and then uh, Chris will uh, dive in when he can. Um, so we'll do that. So while um, while Chris is sorting himself out, um, Ted, you've provided us with a couple of graphs. So let's have a look at these then. Um, so what we've got here I is have. big chances scored. So this is this is the first one here. So um, describe what we're seeing. What are we seeing here and why should we um, be taking note of it? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Like normally we just, when we're looking at stats, we just look at teams, like who are the teams that have the most big chances? And that's surely a good thing. And we pick players from those teams because they're more likely to maybe score. But maybe there's something like inherently wrong with the confidence in a team or whatever. So this one, this graph is just basically saying, looking at how good teams are at converting the easy chances. And that's in the last six matches. So you can see Man City up there, top right. They've had the, the most big chances in the last six. And they're probably, I think, if not the best at converting them. And they've scored 10 big chances in the last six. So they're clinical and they've had the best uh, number of chances, which is which is crazy because quite a lot of us, including myself, are, are looking at getting rid of the Man City or have got rid of Man City players. I'm only keeping De Bruyne for, uh, you know, reasons. I, I really fancy him as keeping in keeping him in the team but uh and going with completely without man city might be a bit risky but um they blank in 33 and you know the reasons to get rid might not be that bad so yeah we've got quite a lot of teams at the top there the man city leicester west ham tottenham arsenal southampton everton uh and man united and crystal palace who are better at converting those easy chances Mm. uh even with you know a different amount big highlight for me is Liverpool down at the bottom they've they're middling for number of big chances and they've been really really poor at converting them missing the easy chances and that really does say a lot about their confidence at the moment only one big chance scored in the last six surely that that can't continue surely Salah and the Mane Jota they're going to have to start converting those easy chances um, which is, if they do start doing that, then they really have good fixtures until the end of the season. So I think a lot of us will be jumping back on them. Uh, Leeds is another one. Leeds are notorious for missing big chances. Bamford, when he was in the championship, was note was noted for missing all of these really easy chances and scoring the much more difficult ones. Um, no, So nothing new there. Really, really, really noteworthy is West Brom. They haven't scored a single big chance in the last six matches, which is terrible. So if you're playing a defender against West Brom, you've got a really, really good chance of a clean sheet. Um, The interesting one for me, and we're talking about differentials, is Southampton up at the top there. We've got Shea Adams. We've got, I don't know how long Danny Ings is out for. I don't think he's back yet. But certainly if Shea Adams is playing up by himself, Southampton seem to be really good at converting those easy chances. So it could be a good team to target for for a one-week punt in game week 30. Um, Another one, interesting, is Man United haven't had as many big chances as you might have thought. And I thought they would have had as many as Man City. But they're still good at converting them. They're just having significantly less, which is why they've only had three scored in the last six. So if we move on, Joe, to uh, the defensive. Yeah, Okay. So if you just bear with me a second. Um, Yeah, where you go. Yeah, so this is this is kind of like a, a graphical form of the table you showed earlier, Joe, of um, the defensive stats, big chances conceded up at the top, small chances conceded across the side. Across the side. So top right is a team that is really, really poor at defending. Sheffield United really, really are enforcing their whipping boy status at the moment. They really, really are. Only one clean sheet kept in the last six, and uh, that is only worsened by Arsenal who really are setting really a terrible precedent and not being able to keep a clean sheet. And they haven't been able to keep a clean sheet. I think it's in the last eight games, which is which is crazy because they're not displaying terribly poor attacking stats. Uh, really interesting ones here. Fulham and West Brom, who were so bad in the first half of the season, have sort of rallied a little bit and have kept three clean sheets in their last six matches. So they're not the whipping boys in terms defensively as we might have thought they are in the first half. So Fulham and West Brom, clearly Allardyce and um, Scott 
Scott Parker have done uh, some good jobs defensively there. Um, Brighton, really good defensively, but they're just underperforming. They've underperformed mm-hmm. all season. They did have a stint when Sanchez came in, in goal, that keeping a, a really good run of clean sheets. But now they've come back again, only two in the last six. And um, those are against sort of easier teams. So it's really surprising to see them so good and not fulfilling their potential as clean sheets. Well, I what, really hope they do in game week 33. Just, just to go back to, say, for example, Newcastle. So we were talking about Son earlier and Son um, loads and lots of small chances um, yeah. in that in the very recent table. And there you see Newcastle there. So that's the sort of matchup I quite like to see. Um, Newcastle conceding a lot of small chances. Sheffield United, interestingly, in a, in a, in a world of their own. <laughs> They're just off really? the scale here. And um, Welcome back. Um, Chris, by the way, um, we've um, uh, you've, you've joined us looking at in picture form how rubbish Sheffield United's defence is. <laughs> is that sorry? Well, opportune time. As, as I was saying before, with my my four hour uh, rants about um, about fixtures. No, sorry about that. Yeah, I, I, that was. Uh, we can thank thank Virgin for that ah. so, uh, scheduled interruption. There's a little uh, little advertising plug for them. They won't appreciate, but uh, I'm, I'm perfectly fine for not had a, an outage for, for weeks. But there you go. Uh, live TV, yeah. eh? Um, so sorry, Sheffield United. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I can't add much to to the Ted's uh, analysis and data. I mean, is they're they're, they're gone, right? I mean, I think that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're gone now, and and I think sometimes that allows teams to play with some sort of new freedom and and, and pride and what have you. But I I, I sense that's not going to be the case here. No. Uh, you know, I, I think. Um, I can't see. I can't think. See things turning around really. Um, they still haven't got a replacement for Wilder, have they? No. Which is interesting no. because clearly they got rid of him without having a scheduled replacement um, waiting. So clearly it was a sort of emotional decision. Maybe Wilder took uh, offence at maybe some of the structural um, impacts that they went through. But clearly it's having a major impact. And whoever they they get back into the dressing room as manager will be will have his work cut out and as you say Chris I think they probably are out this season because they really are struggling um, so yeah. yeah target them yeah. for captaincy and everything else well it's always great to get um, sort of what we can see but in, in that graphical form of, of um, especially the XG champions Brighton there um, you know still on target for their title of the XG league whichever in that, in my head that they'll get that title um, but um, yeah, just proves about Chelsea as well. Big chances conceded, small yeah. chances conceded. This is why I'm thinking on my wildcard doubling up temporarily um, on the uh, Chelsea defence, especially the likes of Aspilicueta, um and uh, Rudiger, who looked nailed on. Um, let's have a look at the next four fixtures because um, this this alludes to a lot of the things that we were talking about. So this is game weeks 30 right through to 33. Um, so we haven't got the, the Spurs double yet because I've put the picture up um, just before um, that's been sorted on the season ticker. So what you can do on the season ticker at Fantasy Football Scout, you can sort by difficulty. And it's my favourite thing to do on here. I'm going to sit there all day just sorting by difficulty. And, and it's really great because it just, it just it, graphically, it just shows you that uh, Wolves, Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester United um, and Everton for the next four are great. But it also shows you that Man City and Tottenham overall um, haven't got such great fixtures. Um, But that's mainly because of the blank in 33 and then Fulham. But the interesting ones is the fixture shift here. So you can see in 30, Leeds of Sheffield United. We've just been talking about Sheffield United. But then it gets awful. <laughs> Game week 31, City. Then they go into Liverpool and then Manchester United. This is awful. This is an awful run. It picks up again towards the end of the campaign. We're going to talk about that next week a bit more when we're sort of planning our wildcard or planning the season running. But then not just Leeds looking at Villa. I'm just trying to find them on here. Yeah, so they've got Fulham next. Great. Game week 30. Brilliant. And then it just goes awful. <laughs> they've got Liverpool and Man City, which is like the worst <laughs> you could get. Um, they do have West Brom again, so it's not all bad. So those thinking of getting Martinez or perhaps Grealish in, um, you're not going to be without points totally, but the fixtures don't look great um, there. So what I find interesting about this um, this particular juncture in the season is that 31 is quite a marked shift for a lot of the players we already have. 
and we've spoken about the likes of Leicester um, and Arsenal, um, they just get really good again. So game week 32, for example, West Brom, Crystal Palace. This is part of a run, actually, with Leicester. Talk more about it next week. But and immediately, these are the, definitely the teams to target. Um, yeah, Chris, has this given you any any thoughts about your impending wild cards and the teams or players you might be avoiding or going for yeah i mean i, I mean for f- figuring into some i missed obviously the previous conversation but i don't know if you talked about everton um much in, in no 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 we didn't we not. left we left definitely that for you <laughs> well i think you should no but I, as an everton fan i i of, of many many years I'm, I'm a little bit older than probably everyone here but but it, it, yeah I've, I've sort of experienced the frustrations but i i think I think there are some options there. I mean, DCL is obviously the one that's kind of getting most attention. Interestingly, Sigurdsson, uh, especially with, with Rodriguez, or James Rodriguez, I'd like to say, in and out, Sigurdsson's kind of come into his own a little bit, and he's been kind of quietly picking up points. With Charleston as well, is you know, he's actually been taking the way they slightly changed the, the forward line. Um, rather than it all being going to DCL, he got Richarlison up alongside him now. That, he's starting to become an option as well. You know, I, I, so I think Everton are, are worth looking at, and I've I've, you know, I, I tend to, to to veer away from from them as as because uh, I know what they're like. But um, the next couple definitely, obviously, then it starts as you say, the, 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 you know, fixes my change a bit. But I I, I can see us see the team doing well towards the end of the season. This, this is our, you know, our, our big push. So what, I think they're worth looking at. What yeah. do you think? Like, sorry, Joe. Um, I was just going to ask Chris what his thoughts are about. I, I worry about Everton having the formation the, <laughs> just in general yeah the the formation that they go with or Ancelotti goes with whether it's two up top or whether it's the three has such a massive difference in the potential for Richarlison or Calvert-Lewin yeah. Calvert-Lewin really suffered when they went Richarlison Calvert-Lewin up top and he tended to come short and Richarlison went long and he was the one who was got it getting the goals well they changed that around in game week 29 and and let alone you know Calvert Lewin started getting a getting a goal. You know yeah. when when they switch to that front three, it sort of worries me that Ancelotti can just change the system each game depending on the opponent, and the person that I bring in for FPL just suddenly has a, a terrible time of it. Yeah, no, think I think that's that? absolutely fair, and and he does do that. He is he is he does sort of tinker much more related to the opposition than just play our game and then and hope hope around. That. And I you know I think you know sometimes it looks brilliant, and other times it you kind of wonder what he's, he's doing. But but. But yeah, no, that's definitely a concern. I, I think DCL is, is in, in scoring form for England again. I think he's probably the safest bet. But um, if you're looking for for different you know, differentials, I might have talked before, I don't know, but I, I'd uh, or, or just pants for short term. I, th- I think that either the Sigurdsson or the or the uh, or, or, or DCL are interesting. Well, so in, in terms of other strategy, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely. I mentioned earlier about Leicester. I'm definitely kind of looking at trying to get some of that in there, whether that's in um, in the or, or going forward or, or, or Vardy. Um, I don't know if I'd be brave enough to go both like your earlier wildcards, Joe, but I, I, I think that's definitely interesting. Um, and yeah, United, I mean, United, I've, I've only really only had one of max two assets and, and I might be sort of looking back towards them. Chelsea, I've not really owned anybody this season, uh, apart from um, Zuma in the early days, who did really well for me and then decided not to be played at all during the double game week. Thanks. Thanks for that. Um, but um but yeah, I, I, this is very interesting, and, and and the fixture swing, as we all know about, is is definitely throwing up a few new new ideas. I almost thinking about going back to Liverpool as, as an Everton fan. It's hard yeah. to back these assets well, anyway. But, well, but yeah. I think the big question that's going to build up because we live in a big social media bubble world, and there's the fancy football scout forum as well, and the pressure starts to mount, and that pressure starts to say, Salah, get Salah, don't yeah. not get Salah, and as I explained earlier, my wildcard plans, if you go without Salah, the possibilities are almost endless. You've got this wonderful amount of cash freed up. Jota is matching Salah when it comes to conversion, yeah. if he's playing. But um, playing, yeah. it's it's dealing with that sort of psychological side of the game and blanking it out. So whilst I'm not going to avoid um, forums and social media um, I'm going to try and like with a horse with blinkers on, I'm just going to just go, no, 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 not listening, not listening to Salah's, you know, not listening to you telling me that Salah scored a hat-trick at Bournemouth and all those kinds of things. Um, 
So yeah, now Ted, you're wildcardless, so you don't have the luxury to go, hey, look, Game Week 31, it's all changing. Incidentally, Game Week 35, it all changes again, by the way. Um, but in Game Week 31, it all changes. So your plan really is, you're really looking at the season ticker, I imagine, because you've got to make transfers work for it. So yeah, so with Game Week 32, I think that that actually has a massive impact as to uh, the strategy because before that was announced, I probably would have suggested people wildcard in 31. But actually, with with Game Week 33 becomes another fixture swing where Spurs and Man City have a blank and the likes of Liverpool have a really good run of fixtures. So another option for wildcarders potentially could be to load up on Spurs for game week 32 and then wildcard in game week 33 and get rid of them all and load up with Liverpool instead or, or another team that has a good fixture run. Um, so it, it's an interesting scenario. You could you could do that in, in 31 too, I suppose, but whether or not you go gung-ho on Spurs is another matter. Uh, for me, I'm loaded up on Spurs. I have to find a way of getting a couple of them out, maybe for 33 uh, and yeah, there's a there's a few viable options out there, like the Jotters, like the... Um, actually, I really like this season. I think this season is defined by its cheap bargain bucket players, like the Gundogan, the Rafinhas, the Sackers, the Fodens, the Jotters. Uh, it's, you could go ahead and get away with having really cheap, really, really cheap teams. Well, that, not... I mean, that was the um, the um, segment of the Scoutcast I chucked away, and I will have again <laughs> next week, was about the huge wealth of mid-priced midfield options. Lingard, yep. Neto, Gundogan, Jota, Saka. It goes on and on and on. You can't have them all. Rafina. <laughs> Um, so it's ways of, of dealing with all of that, but 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 perhaps you can have all five of them and just ignore yeah. the premiums. Um, there's certainly merit in it. They've got the fixtures, and they've got the form. Um, round about now, we usually pick a differential. Um, so I'm I'm going to I'm going to take it this time because I'm I'm chosen a differential for a while, and it's a nice easy one for me because it is it is a one week pump for me. But I do think he's good for the remaining fixtures. So whilst he has West Brom next um, at home, he then has Crystal Palace and then he has Brighton and then West Ham. I think these are a reasonable uh, bunch of fixtures here. I think he'll get clean sheet points. I think he could get some attacking returns and I could handle the odd benching here and there. I think he's a good option here. Um, so that's why I picked Alonso. Because um, he's, no. he's, he's, no. he's only in two... It's like a klaxon goes off. He's only in 2.5% <laughs> of teams... There's a reason he, for that, Joe. He, he has. Well, well, you you mock you mock young Alonso, but he's expected to be involved. Bear in mind, he's a 5.7 defender, 5.7 million. Expected involved in a goal. He's created eight chances. This is across only three starts. So I'm expecting a benching over the next four. But he's created eight chances. Had six shots inside the box. Four of those on target. This is sort of he started getting into Kane Son territory with these underlying stats. Um, I I don't doubt his his <laughs> huge attacking potential. We all know his huge attacking potential, but he's played one in the of the last four games. And that says it all, I think. I how can you trust well, that he played? He hasn't played the over majority. the international break and Chilwell has. I think he's gonna get West Brom. So I think you're immediately going to be off to a flyer yeah. with a double-digit haul from an Alonso goal and clean sheet <laughs> and bonus. And then... Yeah, but West Brom are really good defensively now. No, they're not. <laughs> they're down <laughs> and out. But Sheffield United have set the bar of awfulness. and West Brom are just sort of plain awful. Um, but uh, you, don't, you don't listen to my charts now, Joe. I just <laughs> no, backed them. But the the, the um, <laughs> I know I've got it. I've got the narrative in my head um, with Alonso though. I think he's especially good for this segment because he's a differential. And a differential is often a low-owned player and they're low-owned for a reason because they might not start. And so what you're banking on is if they do start, they'll get your points. Um, I would also say that another Chelsea assets would be good, but just looking for those under 5%. Um, so looking down, uh, on, I'll quickly, quickly have a look on the FPL website. Um, looking down, I guess... I guess you could go for uh, Werner's over, way over. Havertz. Havertz would be the other option, okay? 2.8. Zayet? What about Zayet? Zayet. And Zayet, 2.1% teams yeah. he's in. So, yes, exactly. I, I'm saying target Chelsea. I think they're good. And I think expect a benching. Do you reckon Havertz continues to play number nine? 
because that really yeah. does alter his appeal. Yeah, I think he does. Yeah, I think he still. I think he still does. And I think I don't think Werner plays nine. I think Werner plays somewhere off him if he plays at all. Um, Giroud is also another option. Um, I know two shouts mentioned about Giroud getting more uh, minutes as well. He sort of regrets not using him. So that makes me wonder because of their Champions League involvement who he might favour in the league so that could indicate that Giroud might get a league start and Havertz is safe for Champions League um, yeah. which is why you know that's why I go for Alonso and also for me slightly selfishly it's a one week punt <laughs> I'm just going to go for that and if it doesn't work yeah. out well he's just gone <laughs> but I do think he is good for the next four so that's a genuine one there much too. Rudiger is less than 5%, I'd point out. As well. Oh, is he? Is he? Okay, yeah. Now, I mean, 4.7. I'm often mocked for my uh, boring differential picks here. I tend to go for... <laughs> and nope. basically... Alonso is a brave pick. I'll give you that. and Rudiger would be normally my sort of pick, but I just thought I'd, you know, I thought I'd flare it up a bit <laughs> just for today. A little special occasion. Flare it up with a bit of Alonso. Um, no, it's I missed it earlier. Did you have the Aspi love? Did we get some Aspilicueta love when I was struggling with the? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, he's um, on the my sort of back of a fag packet uh, wild card team. Um, uh, Aspilicueta is in there. If I can afford him, I want Aspilicueta. I think because he can get the bonus, um, and uh, those close to him call him Dave. After Rodney and only falls and horses, which is which is good enough reason for me. Do that now, like he's got, everyone's got the Brazilian name. It can just be Dave. It's just, it's, it's just don't get more like, Brazilian than Dave. Um, <laughs> let's move on to our team reveal. So let's get me um, now. I've got a, a few benching headaches, which other people might have as well. So this is me for game week thirty. I've got Edison and currently Stones, Consa and Dallas, and I've got Rafina Fernandez. Lingard, Son, uh, Calvert-Lewin, Kane and Bamford. And I'm very happy with all of them. But then yeah. I've got Gundogan on my bench. Uh, Kufau um, and Dunk, who's probably going to become Alonso. <laughs> and then I'm going to put Alonso in instead of John Stones. So my bench is going to be Gundogan and Stones and Kufau. Or Sufau, um and then I'm going to wildcard the hell out of it, <laughs> run away from it. Um, um, Kane is, I just don't feel, there's nothing about this week that says don't captain Kane. I mm. think Kane's going to do well. Um, he, he almost got a massive haul against Newcastle last time. Um, I think Son will help him. I think their vulnerability down that flank will help him. Um, I've, I've got the vice captain on Fernandez just because Fernandez is just the, the guy you you know trust any week, no matter against who. But I think I would probably change my vice captain to Rafina because I do really like Leeds against Sheffield United. I think this is the yeah. the week to target them. So yeah, that's me. I'm going to do one week punt, dunk out for Alonso. Um, it's a good good team, Joe. I think you've got all the the fear players, the players that could haul. Yes, you don't necessarily well, captain. It doesn't I'm matter. certainly scared of them. Um, <laughs> Ted, uh, you have Martinez Shaw, who's on my potential wildcard. Consa, Reguilon, uh, Fernandez, Lingard, Bale, Rafina, De Bruyne, Antonio, Kane, Kane captain, and the only bench on Major. Veltman and White, um, Ariola. So you've got a better bench, as in you've got an easier decision to make there. So, yeah, what what decisions have you got coming up? And I, I guess, yeah, Bale stays. And ooh. yeah, that's the only real decision I think. Um, I'm definitely planning to just roll the transfer this week because they, on paper, have pretty good fixtures. That team, um, pretty happy with it. I think uh, the West Ham Wolves game is is a bit underrated. I think West Ham probably going to do a number on Wolves um, and I don't think Wolves are going to have much joy which which makes me think you should play Kufal Joe mm-hmm. um, yeah I think West Ham are really really impressing this season I think defend- particularly are they defensively as impressive as Alonso yeah. <laughs> definitely not definitely not <laughs> let me just roll my eyes like as much as I can <laughs> will that be Kufal for bench anyway so that's the way will that be Alonso's <laughs> emoji just rolling eyes <laughs> <laughs> When he scores triple digits, I'll be rolling my yeah, eyes. Probably. That's it. First hundred point game week, single game week <laughs> player. 
God, can you imagine? Uh, um, yeah, so I am fearful of a couple of people, Bamford in particular, Calvert-Lewin could do well. And I'm uh, hopefully Antonio can do something because he's got some good stats and he's been doing well. But um, I am fearful of those other two. Um, I'm quite happy having De Bruyne seri- seemingly as a sort of differential. I don't know how highly owned he is. Um, 18.5% owned. That's pretty low, isn't it? Hey, and also... Um, the national team squads have done you a big favour. He's been dropped. Benched for Trossard, yes. Not just just benched, dropped for Trossard, I hasten to add. (laughs) So um, De Bruyne having to be on the bench there. Meanwhile, the likes of Gundogan, third third star in three, and he's captain Germany for the last match. So that indicates De Bruyne might play. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, You could get something at Leicester, but... Yeah, I, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad I own Rafinha. I, I think if I was going to do my captaincy graphic and everything, because he's plotted against Sheffield United and he's got a bet, better XGI than Bamford, he would come out as like the clear favourite this week for for captaincy. But that's because he's playing Sheffield United, who yeah. really, really have conceded a lot. I don't think Kane is. I don't think we should overthink captaincy this week. I think Kane is just a really, really logical shout. He hundred yeah. percent plays. Um, and Newcastle really struggling at the moment. As yeah, well, yeah. So. Last last game we came against Villa. It was, a, it was it was a safe captaincy, but you know, hand on heart, I don't think any of us who captain Kane thought he was going to get an absolutely massive haul. And so there were reasons not to captain him. But this time around, it's Newcastle, so he could get yeah. a massive haul. Um, He's Mister Reliable this season, yeah. it seems. So why not? Why not captain Mister Reliable? Um, let's move on to your team, Chris. So for the benefit of those listening to the podcast, you're going for three five two Martinez and goal, uh, Sufal, uh, target Dallas, and then Gundogan, Fernandez, who's your captain, Lingard, Rafina, Son, Bamford, and Kane. And then on your bench, you've got another strong bench: Stones, Cancelo, Watkins, uh, and Forster. Uh, against Burnley so you don't have a bench boost left do you I mean that's a good bench <laughs> sadly not yeah no it would have done better it couldn't have been worse to do better than my own bench boost got five points but yeah I, I, this is very bus very bus it is almost certainly that I will switch to the armband to Kane it, mm. it's one of those things I start I tend to start yeah. start with a different captain to one I end up on I, I just love Fernandez. I just I just yeah. I, I can see him really hauling against Brighton. No no offense again, but I, it's a sort of game. No, he's he's just, always my default bus captain because yeah. I could just rely on him against anyone. Uh, I'll I'll make sure Kane comes through the uh, the Wednesday match mm. for a fit before I can make any decisions there. Um yeah, I you know, I I, I think I, I agree with, with Ted. I think I think too far. I think I don't think Wolves are scoring a lot of goals this season. I think um West Ham are in decent form. I, I might well bring one of the City players in instead of Target because I'm a bit wary about doubling up Villa against. You know, I just obviously at the moment they're just not quite where they were, so um, I probably would bring in one of those. But I'm, I am also looking at Chelsea. I am most likely going to bring Aspilicueta, who's one of my favourite uh, fantasy players, in um, this week for one of those for one of those uh, defenders. Well, I quite like next week. They've got some, a couple of good fixtures again. If, if I don't. Wildcard next week. I'd like three city again, but um, but yeah, you know, Gundogan, he, he can play. He can play all day. He's not, you know, <laughs> Kevin De Bruyne. He, he you, needs a rest sometimes. You hope <laughs> he just keeps them playing. Jurassel <laughs> Bunny. Um, yeah, obviously, if he's, if he's not playing, then the bench is is, is strong. But I, I, I prefer, and again, Son might not play. So um, so we don't know that. I mean, I'm presuming Bamford's going to. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pretty happy with that. Like, I, I don't feel like I need to take a transfer, but because I'm thinking I'm going to, I would quite like some Chelsea. I would yeah. like a bit of that action there because, I'm, you know, I'm still kind of playing to wildcard next week, even though I might delay it. It feels stupid to kind of waste that transfer. Um, yeah, yeah. But I'm, so I'm, 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 I could leave it as it is, to be honest, and maybe change the captain and, and, and be happy. I've got too many good players, which is, yeah, it's like you're saying, Joe, it's, it's, Having a strong bench can sometimes be a, a, yeah. a nightmare. Although yeah. I've got to say, the, the game week after an international break, um, I've always had to use a sub. I've always had to go for yeah. a sub, sometimes two, because there's there's when they get back, we don't know, you know, you know the full fitness. Sometimes uh, yeah. managers, you know, becoming increasingly cagey um, about. Um, uh, about the fitness of players at times, you know. For example, Jack Grealish is he fit? Is he not? Um, will we will we actually know? Um, and so um, we're going to get to 
and there's going to be some... check their fantasy picks. Yeah, well, there's going to be some check sur- their fantasy league team picks. <laughs> there's going to be some surreal surprises. There'll be someone we haven't. So I'm thinking, oh yeah, Gundogan's going to get benched. John Stones, they're probably not going to be. They're going to play and get a hat for. And in fact, Harry Kane gets benched. I'm not saying that, but it'll be something. It'll be a big surprise. There's always a surprise, and it's an annoying one. Um, but um, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. The one thing I would say against that, which I think is 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 that obviously barring injury, there haven't been long 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 hauls. Like a lot of the time, the players I worry about are the South Africa, the South American players, have, yeah, and all those games kind of got sort of been this all called off, yeah. postponed this time. So you know, as we've we've Everton again, we've kind of got Mina and, and, and Rodriguez and Richarlison all going on these, and I always fear when they've, when they've had like a yeah. you know, sort of. A, Eight, eight plus hour flight back you're thinking oh god yeah they're not gonna yeah they've all commissioned some special private jet haven't they usually all the brazilian players are coming back and yeah and, and they just they never look as sharp straight after that but i i think these have been quite short short yeah. trips yeah we'll see i don't i don't know we'll see how they what, what how kane plays on wednesday really i'm i'm yeah, I imagine it's a big, it's a bigger game, well, so I imagine it will. I um, saw the um, Albania game, and I, I was re- um, really impressed. <laughs> he was, he was quite something. Um, but it, it was the goal that where he hit the bar. It wasn't a goal; it was you know just missed hit the bar. But it was just on this half volley, and it was, it was so sharp though the way he did it. He just came yeah. from nowhere, and I just thought that's that's the cane I want a captain. That's my man. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Just before... I think we'd all captain him against Albania, though, wouldn't we? Yeah, oh, yeah. We have Albania every week. Albania <laughs> are the are the um, <laughs> the Eastern the European of... Sheffield United, basically, at the moment. Um, yeah, interestingly, weirdly, in Albania, this is just an Albania fact that Norman Wisdom was one of their biggest stars when he was alive. The British film uh, comedy actor Norman Grimsdale. Wisdom. Rimsdale. Ted has no. Ted has no idea who Norman Wisdom is. Come on, give me some credit. I know who Norman Wisdom is. Yeah, you know, I'm not going Arthur Askey on this, but you know, Norman, Norman Wisdom, um, and he was a massive <laughs> star. And he was like, like, he's yeah, a young man. He doesn't, he doesn't yeah. know. He had the keys to Tirana and all of that. It was. It was. Uh, yeah, very revered. Just and like he dropped them. George and yeah. Mildred, big in Cuba as well. Um, but before we. <laughs> But before we go, I want to remind people not about various 70s sitcom stars being big in around the world, <laughs> but I do want to remind people about uh, the members area, which is where we got all those wonderful stats from. Um, so there's tons of opto-driven data there, comparison tool, rate my team and more. And of course, the goals imminent table, which is the star of the members area. Um, do check that out. Also, please do press like if you like this episode. And remember to subscribe wherever you like to access the Scoutcast on podcast or on video. But in the meantime, it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Hi, hi from me. <laughs> goodbye all. <laughs>